Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome to our gifted children right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest, a repeat guest, I just was so inspired by her, and we got talking about kids, so I knew I had to have a bag, is Stephanie Mess. We're going to be talking about this nonprofit organization that she's involved with called the Butterfly Element. It helps women and children on the streets throughout the United States. They help with uh, handing out food, supplies, they help with bills, they help find cars, housing, and work for the women. Now we are looking at a situation right now in the States that is dire and it shouldn't be in this day and age. It should not be, but it's even worse at the present moment. Stephanie is a, a published author, motivational speaker, radio host and podcast. She's worked with um, many, many other groups and our inspirational talk last time was really, really reju rejuvenating. Uh, we talked about from the streets to um, being a millionaire. And if you want to know how you can do that, you've got to go back and let Listen to the other show because it's really inspirational. Today's all about the kids though. And everybody who knows me knows I have a passion for children and that if we're looking at a dysfunctional society it's because we didn't take care of the kids when they were young and we really have to put more emphasis on our children on their families not just take the children away and put them in foster homes but help the families that are in need get back on their feet help the mums and dads so they can actually look after their own children and be that beautiful fruitful family they are meant to be and um this is also going to go on the Forgotten Children series because, boy, are we forgetting our children, aren't we, Stephanie? Oh, we sure are. It's, um, it's amazing how you see a, such a huge difference in um, society, right? So you see the parents that are super into their kids and super, like, doing really good and trying so hard to be good parents and, and really going above and beyond to, to make sure that their kids are not screwed up. Like, they're yes. trying really hard, right? And then there's the opposite, right? Whereas, whereas um, there's a lot of people who have children that may not have really considered what it takes to be a parent, mm -hmm. right? And, and really just kind of let them do whatever they want to do, be however they want to be with no true responsibility of being a parent, right? Um, so it, it's a really interesting dynamic because there's a lot of kids who are hurt by that situation, yeah. right? It's very rare uh, for the kid to come out of a situation where the parent's not being a parent. Um, and, um, you know, that kid be successful, uh, without a serious, um, headstrong mindset, <laughs> uh, child, um, right. Yeah. So, so it's amazing to see the, the different dynamics of the world. And, and it's amazing because there's some parents that just, you know, rather thriving because they had such bad children, um, yes. bad, yes. bad you know, um, so it's a really interesting dynamic in this world right now. There's a lot of hurt going on. A lot of parents who are hurting because of the COVID virus, because they just lost somebody. There's been so many people who passed lately. It's amazing. And, you know, and, and so that will, of course, influence um, the, the quality of parenting as well, if that person's not in a good mindset too. So, um, so we're in a very, very, unique time right now we're in a very difficult time for a lot of people but our children should not be suffering no. when they are and they should not be suffering with what they're having to deal with because think about it yes we as adults are dealing with this and it's hard for us emotionally to mm -hmm. deal with it as adults imagine this as a kid like not being able to see your friends or not yeah. being able to play sports or you know go to a birthday party i mean it's just, I mean, our, our poor children are suffering, even if we're trying to support them. I mean, even the good parents that are trying so hard not to let this affect them um, in such a negative way, you know, um, it's still difficult on our children. So, so really, we're in a, in such a unique time right now, where 
we as parents that are trying and, and then of course the parents that aren't trying are really, you know, yes. it's really hard on those children. So, um, you know, it, it's just a very unique time and it's now time to start figuring out how can we be doing mm-hmm. better? What can we be doing to help these children? What can we be doing to influence the children in positive ways? How can we go ne- to the next levels, you know, as uh, people, but also to help these poor children um, to become the future leaders of our, of our societies. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, we're having um, parents who are uh, products of their own upbringing and then they're generally very dysfunctional and they're having children, but really they really are children having children and it's got nothing to do with age. It's got to do with, you know, with, um, with where they are inside, you know, from doing so many shows and counseling for, for so long, I have realized that so many people have a lost or hurt or angry child inside of them because as children they were not addressed or they were ignored or neglected or abused um, you know or you know in a in a life where they're constantly taken or you know shoved around and uh, between parents or foster homes or grandparents or anything else and you know they seem to become the pawns on the chessboard without realizing how important they really are and when you see statistics of you know um, 70% of the people incarcerated in the United States come from foster homes you've got to know that there's a broken system when we look at uh, the amount of child porn there is out there and, and the, how big the industry is, we've got to know that there is a broken system. When we look at how many people, um, how many deaths we see um, of children of suicide or you know, murders, we, we've, we've just got to look at where is the root problem. And the root problem very much is in poverty. And right now, never mind people dying around them, but how many of the parents don't have work and don't have support and don't know where to go to get it? And this is going to cause anxieties and stresses. And who do they take the stresses out on? The children, because the children feel the stress, just like animals do, and they react to that stress. And then the parents get stressed out at the child being stressed. Next thing you know, you've got some wackaroos going on there. And, you know, it's a spiral, constant spiral. So where do we go in and pull the thread? You know, where do we go in? Where's the root cause that we can go in and help people? And I think a lot of it is the sustainability of simple housing, food on the table, that sense of security that you can provide. I think that's one of the the most important things um, to give security to a family. Absolutely. And it's amazing because when you, when you, um, you think of that as such a basic need, right guys? So like one of my biggest things is, um, as an adult, so I'm, I'm, I'm an adult now and I'm excited about being an adult and all. Uh, but it's so funny because I look at this as like, oh, well, it's such a basic, obvious need, but when you don't have it, yes. that's when it's like, wow, like I did not realize that in that, that, inability of insecurity that that was happening as a child once I had those things because I made decisions as a child to have a security and I was very fortunate to have security and be adopted by uh, secure people I just want to pause on there for people because before they go back let's do the show at seven and a half you left your parents and uh and went to court at the age of eight to testify against your mom so you can go live with your grandma right yeah, yeah, exactly. Not every child is as headstrong or determined or has the gumption that you have that's at true. that age. So clearly, that's something that's within you, but not every child is gifted with that. No, no unfortunately, unfortunately, most children feel stuck and are actually yeah. stuck. Yes, yes. That is, and that's more of what most children have to deal with and what most realities are, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but, but here's the thing is we, uh, we as adults, can see that this is such a basic need, right? Yes. And, and, and there's so many children without that basic need, like you said. Mm-hmm. But it's funny how, like, as a child, I didn't realize that those basic needs were so needed. Yeah. If that makes any sense, you know? Yeah. And once I had them, how much better I felt when I knew I had a place to sleep, a, shower, a place I could take a shower and have food on the table, how different I felt. I felt so much more confident in who I was because mm. I had those basic needs filled. So Security. So, yes. How can you thrive? How can you grow if the stomach is hungry and you're afraid that there's not going to be a roof over your head tonight? 
Exactly, exactly. And so that's what a lot of our children are dealing with right now. So one of the things that I am um, very, 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 very passionate about is helping women and children on the street because I was a child on the street with a drug addicted mother. Um, I, and a lot of people don't realize that when children are living on the streets, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're living underneath a bridge or right. next to a dumpster all the time. It means they could be couch surfing on mm. a very bad person's couch. Yes. It, it could mean that they're staying with gang members. Mm. It could mean that they're, they're, you know, couch surfing is very, it's still considered, um, you know, being homeless because mm. you don't have a sustainable home to live in. And so those children who are being, who are doing this whole couch surfing thing, um, that, that are not doing it with necessarily good people. Those are the children that are really suffering too, not just the children that are out on the streets because, um, both ways is horrible because there's not sustainability. There's not food, um, common as common food at least. And then there's also not that, um, that, uh, security that, that we're talking about. Right. Oh, and they're just laid open to be victimized. Exactly. And they are being victimized. Yes. So a majority. So one of the things that had hit me pretty hard was I went to this presentation and it was about sex trafficking for children. And um, they talked all about how there's all these sex trafficking happening. Because Sacramento, where I live, is one of the biggest places in the world where really? kids are sex trafficked. Yes. It, wow. It, Why it, is that? I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe because it's the capital of one of the biggest states. I, I'm not really sure exactly what the reason for it was. But they didn't even consider the children that were homeless in the statistics. And I know for a fact the most of the children that are homeless are being sex trafficked. Right. So, right. so the fact that they're not even being included in the statistics that at least they was presented. And I went up to the person right afterward and was like, you're missing out on the, one of the biggest yes. populations that's, that's, yes. that it's affecting. And they said, well, we can't count the kids because we don't know how many there are. And I said, but that doesn't, that doesn't, that's not fair either because no. those poor children are the ones that are really being victimized. So, um, so one of my biggest passions right now is to help those women and children on the streets, um, particularly the children, of course, because um, the children have usually don't have a lot of options or no. opportunities. Or say. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly, or say. Um, whereas the women have a little bit more opportunity, mm. a little bit more say um, than the children. Well, a lot more say, but a little bit, you know. But so this has become my passion because of the situation I was in when I was a child, you know, having to deal with the whole sex trafficking thing and having to deal with the gang violence and couch surfing and living next to, to the, the I mean, just horrible experiences. Yeah. Um, with that, with that being my childhood and coming from where I did to where I am now, I mean, it's very uncommon to see this happen. And I want to show children and other women that it's possible. Right. It's a mindset. It's about how do I know where I'm at right now is not good. And how do I get to the place where I want to be and put the link in it and a strategic plan and take action to make those things happen and showing children that they have a choice, that they are the ones that can also, just because you're a child doesn't mean you cannot make choices for yourself. It's harder does not mean you can't make choices for yourself. Yeah. So we, sure, sure, it's still kind of very much the scene and not be heard. You know, uh, mom, mom's stressed, dad's stressed, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't deal with you right now. No, the kid has no say, we see that. Um, but also, I mean, three years ago, I did a, a, a couple of shows on sex trafficking. And um, one was the abolitionist, and he's an ex-CIA. <clears throat> and uh, he actually, after 20 years, formed his own company where they would go in as Johns and rescue kids and arrest people. And they would have how many people they arrest. And they said, this is wonderful that we're, you know, we're rescuing these kids. But then over there, there's a whole pile more kids that are being sacked up. And another show where she pointed out that it doesn't, you know, everybody thinks it's just street kids and it isn't. It's kids um, and rich kids. Sometimes it's for, you know, for a ransom. Sometimes it's because they're maybe higher educated uh, and they sell better. Um, but this is going on everywhere and that the sex trade, whether it's pornographic or sex trade or, or trafficking at that time was, uh, was gauged to be $150 billion a year business. And if you cannot look at that as being a pandemic in itself, right, as a disease, 
and you know, you've got to be looking at most of this sex trade is people um, abusing, having sex and pornography with children. Right. And when we're looking at that, I mean, you know, we also look at the border there. We don't even know what's happened to those children there. We've seen a lot of rumors where they've been taken out and been taken elsewhere and they're in the sex trade now. And we'll never know because they're going to keep it tight shut. Um, but a lot of this is going on. And people say, well, how can people let that happen? We've got to understand there are police, there are judges, there are high officials. There are people in parliament that are all a part of this. And I know, oh, no, no, can't, that can't happen. It is happening. Mm -hmm. It is happening. And when you've got those people in power protecting what they're doing, how do the people who are working with the people on the street find the resources, find the power, find the voice, find, you know, find what's needed in order to save these children and save uh, these families that are on the street? Because when there's so much profit to be made out of sex trading, who cares about the people on the street? They don't, they yeah. don't. So we've got to, we've got to step up in which any way we can and kudos to you for stepping up. And of course, coming from where you come from, you know only too well exactly what, what they're facing out there. Yeah. Yeah. And it does, it seems like such a huge, what's, what's really sad to me is that, you know, we are going through a pandemic right now with the yeah. COVID-19, but the reality is, is there's so many other pandemics yes. that are out there. Like the sex trafficking yes. is a huge one that should never be a thing. Like yeah. I'm so, I, I'm so, I mean, heartbroken mm -hmm. that, this, that this is a thing. Like, honestly, it makes me so heartbroken broken as an adult with children yes. who, who knows what it's like to be on the other side of that. I mean, it makes me sick to my stomach to, see, mm. to think people would do such a horrible thing to a child. But, but there's got to be a way to find your, like you said, the root of the problem right. and fix it. And so one of the biggest things that I've noticed is, is um, in-home type things, right? Or figuring out how to help the, the, the parents um, or sending them to jail. Um, that's another big one, too, is um, a lot of these parents that are sex trafficking their kids don't end up going to jail. I've seen that a lot. Mm. a lot mm. um so um so we we've got to stand is up jail the right place for them there is this place called hell i mean that's true <laughs> but, but we can kill everyone right um, so, but, but but we can but we can at least be a voice for those children right yes and so that's the biggest thing. And, and starting small of, of just talking to and being a part of, 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 of helping women and children on the streets and, and, and men too, but women and children on the streets, helping those women and children on the streets with just the basic needs. Like you said, the food, the supplies, a place to live, work, you know, helping them with basic needs is huge help. But the reality is, is we are a voice for those children. So if those kids that are on the streets are being sex trafficked you better believe i'm calling the police you yeah better oh yeah husband. um you better believe i'm calling i'm calling and talking to somebody for those children because they are scared out of their minds and they yes. do not know how to deal with the situation and some of them don't even know that that's what they're doing is wrong no I mean, because they've been in no. it for such a long time and that just yeah. makes and we've got to understand that. the sex the sex traffickers or the sex deviants are, are snakes they know how to play the pied piper they know what to say to these children and, you know, for these children not to reveal what's happening to them. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, look at uh, the religious and the priests for so long and the sexual abuse of kids. And they were told that, you know, God wanted it for them and uh, not to tell their parents. I mean, when you look at it and you, and you look and you really get to talk to a child that's been through it, it was, well, they're going to hurt my parents if I say anything or hurt my sister or what they're doing isn't wrong. You know, yeah. and, and, and it's, it's for my pleasure. You know, they're brainwashed into thinking that this is okay. Yeah. And inside it's literally destroying their souls. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So if we as, as people who are not in politics or not in, um, you know, not in any place like a judge or any yeah. of that stuff, we can still be the voice for those yes. children. We can still be making a difference in one, two, five, ten children's lives because that's still five, ten children's lives that you've made a difference for that then will hopefully see and you tr help show them that this is wrong that then can eventually help children other children and, and show that that's wrong to the other maybe their friends that are being trafficked that they didn't mm. talk about or whatever because you know the reality is is we've planted a seed 
Yes. And those children yes. of, of, of this, this is wrong. Let's make it right. And yes. you know what? It is possible to make it right. It is. Well, possible. we're empowering the kids. And that's what we need to do. We, you know, when my kids were, I think, three, I put them through a program uh, of, of talking about what their body parts were and that nobody had the right to touch them. You know, uh, mommy and daddy in the bath, they can help you. But if you don't want them to touch you and you want to wash yourself, that's all right. This is your body and it's okay for you to speak out. And nobody must tell you to keep it a secret. And I remember being part of a mother's group and bringing this person in. And I got ridiculed, ridiculed by a bunch of parents of introducing sex, you know, to these kids so young. And I said, then you don't need to be there. You don't need to be there with your children. But you know, for me, my kids were all early 80s kids. It's been around for so long. And if we don't empower our children with the knowledge, then how are they ever going to protect themselves? And afterwards, after they, everybody went through it, they made it an annual thing that every time, every year, she came in with the new kids and spoke to them about it because it empowered the kids. And it also empowered the parents to know that the kids will come and tell you if somebody does try to do anything or the kids at least has a voice. And it's this whole thing about kids don't have a voice until they're 21 or 18 or leave home is we need to empower them from the moment they come out you know, of their own voice and listen. And you talked about entitlement children where, you know, they're um, a little abusive of life and people and parents and everything else, the spoiled brats, you know, that they think everything is for them. Put them in a situation of volunteering for those that don't have and let them see the adjustment. Let them see the appreciation of what they have and what difference they can make to other people. Um, we don't see it because we don't talk about it because people think that, ah, oh, it's not happening. It's just on the movies. It's a rare thing. It is not. It is an epidemic. It is a pandemic. It is a sickness in this world that has been around for a long time. And we have to look also at the sexual deviancy of a man or a woman that will stand by and allow a child to be molested. Um, mm. And to what is in your mind that you will, in, in, will do that to another. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that usually happens a lot with them. Um, so what I've noticed at least is a lot of parents um, who would allow something like that were actually being either raped or molested yeah. themselves. They came from it themselves, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Or and then their parents usually did too. So it's almost kind of a lineage. Yeah. And it's it it's pattern really, it continues exactly, on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and if they don't break that pattern, which yeah. most people don't don't, um, then then you know it just will continue. But if you choose to break that pattern and say, you know what, this horrible stuff happened to me, but I'm not letting that happen to my child. Right. That, that is where the world's going to start to change. Yes. It, when people make the right choices, make the right choices, and say, I'm going to protect my my child. I'm going to protect other people's children. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be breaking all of the the difficult or bad things that happen to me and make them better for the next people, the next, the next generation, generation the next issues. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I would love to see in, in today's society, quite frankly, is yeah. I would love to see people break this cycle of the, the, the child, all the horrible stuff that's happening to children. If there was a way that we could just take down all of that right yeah. now and make it to where this is not a thing anymore for our children, our children would be so much better off. Oh, good. I mean, in, we're looking at a sick society right now in so many ways because of the childhood they've had, because of the repeated patterning. You know, as I said in our other show, the universe has given us, a, you know, a shake us up to wake us up to step up and change it up. Well, this goes for this too. We're being shaken up, what, 150 million a year on sex trading, and we don't look upon that as a sickness. You know, uh, the, um, uh, the amount of people I've personally interviewed who were raped by grandparents or parents uh, while, you know, mother or grandmother stood by, you know, and they, the process that they had to go through to their own recovery, but what they're doing today in standing yeah. up for others like you, you saw it, uh, you didn't want to be a part of it, so you were strong enough to stand up for yourself and fight for yourself. Not every kid is. And, you know, that now your voice is there for them, uh, for the voices that haven't yet found their voice. And a lot of it is giving children the permission to have a voice. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's where a lot of the issues that I'm seeing is, is that 
a lot of children don't feel that they have a voice because they've been put down for such yeah. a long time because their kids, the, those parents were also the same yeah. where they, they again were put down, didn't have a voice. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know about you, but um, one of my things is I make sure my kids know they have a voice. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's friends, a bit too loud. And all of their friends are the same way where they all yeah. know, you know, they, you guys can talk to me about anything. Yeah thing you guys want to talk to me about and you know what I did the same thing with my kids um my son and my daughter since I had such a difficult childhood I straight up told them you know at three and four years old hey if they touch you here here and here anybody does ever in me me or daddy if anybody ever tried anything weird not that I would but right. if anybody tries anything weird you better tell me or your father because that is not okay right. or um or 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 um if um you know if uh, somebody tries to say something specific and you don't like it tell us, you know, that they're, the, 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 when they speak up now, when they're young, if they're, if, they, if something's going on, they speak up about it. Now they've learned to empower themselves. Yes. And, and therefore be an empowerment for others because exactly. the ripple effect, exactly. right? If that's the thing is that as they step into that empowerment, they become an inspiration for someone else. They become knowledge. I mean, do not assume this is only happening to kids on the streets. Yeah. This is happening in households that you think are, are, you know, good, wholesome households. You know, I was a, I had a big house and I had plenty of extra rooms and I was the house to come to when people were having difficulty at home. And mm -hmm. I kind of, they stayed with us for a while uh, or just even just came and spoke to me and it, they knew they were safe. You know, my, my kids would bring kids home. Yeah. You know, just to, to let them know they were safe. You know, it doesn't mean that my own kids, the gray hair hasn't got their name on it. You know, they put me through it because I also said to them, be adventurous, but know your boundaries. And if you're willing to talk, walk that tight boundary, be, pay the price for when you fall. Right. And they fell a lot under my roof. You know, they went out and pushed their envelope and I could reprimand them for what they did. But they never, ever, ever thought for one moment that I still didn't love them. Mm -hmm. And we see so much where discipline and love are go hand in hand and it shouldn't be. Discipline is over the action. Love is something that should be unconditional. Absolutely. We should not see those two together. But we, we see that as, a, as a, um, a source of empowerment of adult over a child, don't we? Yes, very much so. And, and that's, I think that's also why a lot of children will go along with the sex trafficking thing too because of the fact that they're afraid um with that because they've had that discipline so ingrained yeah. in them not enough love shown right you know what i'm saying so um so it's a it's definitely a really difficult phase i definitely would love to see um you know i would love to see a movement even more so than there already kind of is i would love to see a massive movement i don't mean like little like massive movement like what tony robbins says right he right. says massive action will take Okay, I started it, but give me a second here. Massive action basically makes amazing things happen, is basically right. what he says, right? Yeah. And so I would love to see a huge movement moving forward that helps these to, to get rid of all of these criminals that yeah. apparently are in high power places. I mean, the, yes, an article came out yesterday. Did you see the articles that have come out recently about all of these horrible, horrible, um, crazy child uh, abusers that are in like really high ranking, yeah. like, and I'm like thinking, how are these people getting away with this? This is right. not okay. Well, it's the buddy club and they look out for each other and, and it's done very covert, you know, but we are looking at judges. We are looking, you know, I mean, you know, there's, there's somebody in your power over in America that, you know, once he's out of power, you mm -hmm. know, ha has an arrest warrant out for him for numerous things. And, yeah. you know, one of them will be that. And um, he's just, I don't know how he's managed to cover it all up, but everybody else has covered it up for him. And, you know, I think we're looking at that next movement. You know, I will say that actionism is the new activism. Activism is yelling about it and, and I don't want this right. The actionism is stepping up and doing something about it. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we're, we're seeing Black Lives Matter. And we're seeing the Me Too movement and we're seeing other movements happen. What we need to see is something that really revolts people to such a point and, and that somebody else steps up and goes okay this is the next thing that lives matter children's lives matter and we then need to see the same peaceful not rioters the rioters are, are professional people that come in and riot it's not the protesters right. that we've been seeing but we need to see this peaceful thing where we show people in the faces the statistics we show them the pictures 
of the sexual abuse of, of people who have been killed or been trafficked or and people who have been through that stand up and tell their story and we don't go la 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 i don't want to know oh no 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 i, I can't listen to that no listen to it listen to it they've had to live it the least you can do is listen to it and then what are you going to do about it mm -hmm. and you know we're not asking you to change your entire life, we're asking you in some way to step up. It could be financially. It could be stepping up volunteering. It could be just writing about it and sharing about it. It doesn't matter what it is. But stop the blindness because that's the reason why it's gone on so long mm -hmm. because people don't want to know. I don't want to know. Absolutely. And that, that's why the Me Too movement was so yeah. powerful was yeah. because it was finally coming out that this, all this horrible stuff was happening yeah. and it was finally being acknowledged for the first yes. time and really in, in history to that level, yes. you know? Now we need, you're right, a child's, life, child's lives matter. I love that. Yes. And I would love to see that be a thing where we're out there protesting and, and, and really being the voices for all those children who are, are being trafficked. And even maybe getting a task force specific that's even bigger than we currently have one for that's specific to getting those people who are, um, you know, specific to, uh, the, the big wigs that are letting it happen, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is there are people out there doing that, but we've also got to remember that people in power have a lot of power. They have yeah. money and they have power and yeah. people that stand up, stand up to reveal them. It has to be done on mass. Mm -hmm. It has to be done indisputable mm -hmm. because otherwise they will eliminate and annihilate. No, this is not a movie, folks. This is real. We see people being murdered for, for standing up, for revealing. It happens. It's mm -hmm. truth. Where do you think all these movie stories come from? Fact, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and, but we have to see it as a mass movement. Now, my little part of it are these shows, the Forgotten Children series and our Gifted Children and one of the things that's coming up is a collective book where all the people I've interviewed will contribute a podcast chapter, um, a written chapter, and that money raised from that book will go into supporting the organizations that are stepping up for children. And, you know, it's, I think what we have to do at the present moment, and we're seeing this, people didn't want to know about Black Lives Matter. Oh, it's their problem. It's not my problem. It's everybody's problem. It's a societal problem. Yeah. When we talked about Me Too movement and women being sexually you know, abused or um, mistreated, it wasn't just a woman's problem. It's a societal problem. Mm -hmm. And as we're looking at our children today that are sexually abused, that are hungry, that are on the streets, that parents aren't being supported, that kids are just naturally taken from them, put in an abusive foster home and thrown away like garbage, mm -hmm. right? Uh, yeah. This is a societal problem. They grow up to be troubled or criminal and we go oh yeah what do you expect well if you invested in them if you showed them the love and the care and the respect that they deserve we would not see so much violence so much dysfunction and so much discourse coming up in the future so it's the stitch in time take care of the child and we will not have the problem later on so true so true it's amazing. And you're right. It's all about that first, the first movement, the mm. first actions and, and every action helps yes. as long as you're heading in, a, in that direction. Right. Yes. Um, I think that you're so right about that. And, and I do love that you're doing a book um, mm. to help this. I mean, I think that's wonderful. So, um, you know, I think that shows like this are exactly what people need to be hearing to know that this is a real problem. This is a real a thing, a real thing. And you know, what's really interesting. I, have you ever walked into a room full of women are, you know, our ages, right? And, and, and I'm ever, way older, baby. I'm way older. <laughs> okay. Well, have you ever gone into a room and a women's meeting and asked straight up asked, has, have you, has, has anyone in here ever been sexually abused? And, and most of that room, at least here in Sacramento, has been abused. Yes. Um, in um, some um, form or other, it doesn't have to be kind of the sex trafficking. You know, it doesn't even have to be sexual intercourse. And it can be sexual abuse or, or demeaning in, in other ways. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, repression of some kind. Yeah. And there's very few women, very few women that, have, uh, that haven't in some way gone through that. Exactly. So starting a child, uh, you know, that's why the Me Too movement was so big. Right. But you ask even further and say, what if did this happen to you when you were a child? A majority of those hands yes. still, are still up. A majority yeah. of those hands are still up. And guess what? I think that's where we need to start that movement. Yeah. Where 
that child's lives matter because we as women, especially since we see most of them still holding their hands up saying, yeah, that was, yeah. That was me, yeah. that was my grandparent, that was my whatever. Um, you know, that's those, that's where the child's lives matter is going to come in and start to be, gain momentum is starting to see and, that. And not immediately going to shame and blame because no, anybody that's put their hand up on any form of sexual abuse or sexual harassment Mm-hmm. immediately has been given the shame and blame. I did a show recently of a woman that worked in the prison system. And the short uh, thing of it is, is that she said no to the prison warden, right? She wouldn't go out on a date with him. And uh, all of a sudden she's terminated. Not only that blacklisted, that she couldn't work anywhere else. Mm-hmm. But the, there was no recourse on her work record or anything for her to be terminated. And it was like, well, you don't cross him. It's his house. Mm. right so no rights for it's six years later she's still fighting for those rights right but and he's no longer there but all the people that covered his back are now covering their own backs right now that's sexual harassment they may not have had sex but that's sexual harassment because it impeded on her life of being able to have a job uh and and do what she does and being victimized and being uh, and being criminalized in many ways and so this is whether it's big or small, where I don't care, it's still wrong and it needs to be addressed. Absolutely. That's, and that's such a very valid, um, very valid thing that you're saying because, I mean, there's a lot of women who have had to deal with that. Oh, yes. yes. And it's not like, I mean, the number is, is just, I mean, astonishing to see how many women have dealt with that. What's really sad to me, though, is that how many women haven't spoken up about it. Not a lot of women have spoken up yeah. and said, hey, this has happened to me and, you know, I, I want to talk about it or even more so that they don't want to do something to help to where for future people, our children and all these other people won't have to deal with that in the future. So there, it seems like we've talked a lot about a lot of pandemics, a lot of problems, a lot of issues. And I would love to just say, you know, as to help and, and show some form of um, resolutions, you know, what, one of the biggest things that you talked about was helping, being that voice, be the voice of the children, be a safe house for children who are being abused. Call the cops if you know something's happening, even if it's your best friend. Well, you know, if the cops are the problem, you know, there there are social workers and societies there, which maybe they're the first people to go to because that's what they understand. Exactly. So it could be, I mean, just call somebody, somebody, somebody. Yeah. Going to make a difference. It may not be the cops. It may not be a social person. It, it could be, a, you know, a varied amount of people that you can be calling, but make that call. That's all that matters is that you're being that voice for that child. And then also one of the other things that we can, you can be doing, not just me and not, and not just you, I'm saying to your listeners is, is go out there, help the homeless children. Yes. Help help the women help help anybody that you know is out there struggling and let's start that that movement of child's lives matter because the children yes. are future and if our children are screwed up because of us that is our fault that and this is the reason why we're at where we're at you yep. know um i lived in south africa during the 70s and very male misogynistic world and um i worked i was the first woman rep for mobile oil and I was hit on the very first time there. And I said, no, I have a boyfriend who later then became my fiance. Um, and uh, this guy was offended, right? Because their ego, their little ego is in the way. And um, I was doing fine as the woman rep. I knew nothing about oil, but I knew about customer service. And really, that's what people wanted to know. You know, the best service, the best price, the best everything else you could give them. And uh, I walked into the office one day of my boss to find out he had been, um, you know, sent up. He was, he was, uh, had risen and this other guy was in his seat instead. Mm-hmm. And uh, in those days, um, I was still on probation because I was asthmatic and I wasn't allowed to have an asthma attack or be off sick during that probational time. But we went for a flu. Everybody got flu in the company, all 400 people. I got it too. And he used that against me and said, we're letting you go. So I actually picked up the phone and canceled a huge order and told the people to go back to Shell. We were mobile oil, to go back to Shell, put the phone down. He said, what was that? I told him the size of the order. And then I said, good day. (laughs) I walked out of there. So it was my revenge, you know. But I left the country. Because I knew 
that within the country and especially in the 70s there was no voice there yeah. was no voice and i had to go somewhere else where i felt there that i had a voice and that was extreme yes i know and we prefer to be able to do it in the country that you're in but we've also got to look at the times it was acceptable then the 80s was really bad in the 90s and then now in the millennium we've got, we've been saying now for so long that this behavior is not acceptable anymore and what it's actually telling the men Oh, but this is all I know. This is what my dad taught me. This is what the men taught me. Well, now you, you're needing to unteach yourself that. Mm -hmm. And we're teaching you something else. The same way with the child's movement, we're actually letting people know, putting your child out for sex, putting your child in a vulnerable spot, taking drugs while you have children that are your custodian of um, is, is a, uh, um, abuse in itself because you're not there to look after your children and 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 point out to them you know that there is another way that they don't need to do this and that do they love that child yes i do then if you love that child why are you doing this to yourself because it's hurting your child absolutely that's such a good point such a good point Amazing. We, there's a whole lot of work to do and in, in in my eyes uh the child's movement is bigger than any of the other movements out there absolutely because it's it's not color bound it's not country bound you know this is going on around the world it's been going on since the beginning of time and it really is one of those things now that has to come to a stop we cannot abuse these children these children are not playthings uh, they are not subjects for somebody else's pleasure and yeah. And we also need to help the family stay together. So if they can, if it's totally abusive and wrong, yes, get that child out of there. Yeah. Right. But also check the foster home you're putting it in because yeah. they're going from one abuse to another. Um, but we've got to also look at the families that want to stay together, but they're out of work and they haven't got a place and the child is taken away for its own good. Instead of us looking at helping them with a job, helping them with housing, helping them get secure so they can look after their own child. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that 100%. And I think that's where a lot of people are trying to um, just dismiss the child, right? So like basically like, oh, well, it's one less thing I have to worry about that if, if I don't have to put an entire family together and I just yeah. have to get this one kid to this one foster care that's already there, it's less work for us. But the reality is, is in the long run, it, it's not, it, it's not less for work for society because if that kid ended up going to jail because he went to a foster, right. horrible. Yeah. And technically speaking, we actually just paid even more for that child. And now that poor child is, is lost. They're thrown away. I mean, if people had put time and money on your mother, you know, there is the possibility she could have changed, turned her life around. Now, sometimes we recognize it can't happen. They're no. too far gone. They mm -hmm. cannot be helped. And that, that, you know, people have to want to change. They have to want to receive help. You can't help anybody that is unwilling to participate in the healing, right? But if they want to, and if they know that somebody cares enough to help them, there are an awful lot of people will turn their lives around. And, you know, I want to be that mother to that child. I just don't know how because of my past. But if you show them that you care about them and you help them and have them place that love upon their child more than even themselves, they'll learn to love themselves more and find their way out. But again, it's that free will, that free will. That's so true. That's so true. And yeah, it's amazing. Like, I love this discussion because there's so much that's been talked about in this one mm. discussion here, but so much, so many nuggets, so many amazing yes. things that we've really discussed that is very valid and things to really think about as listeners and um, really evaluate and say, you know, am I helping the way I should? Should, is there something I can be doing to help? Um, or even more so, oh, I am doing something to help, but I could be doing it at a different level or I could be joining this group and we can, we can yeah. be congregating into this, this rather large children's lives matter type of um, um, organization. And so I, I do, I think that this is um, all just amazing opportunities. And I would have loved if somebody would have stepped up and helped mm -hmm. out my mother, because honestly, even to this day, she still struggles with the exact same thing she did 30 years ago. Yeah. Because she's never had the help, but, but she's, then again, she's never made that 
Well, right. not really did she ever make that choice. So maybe we, uh, you know, maybe my life would be completely different if that yes. was the case, right? Yes. But the reality is, is at this point, and I still don't really even see that many people um, go to that level of helping a family to help them get places to live and yeah. food and stuff like that at the level that we're, that there's, there are people finally wanting to do those things to finally um, to get them homes to live in so they can continue living with parents if it's applicable, if it's, if it's, if it's the right thing. Um, I am starting to see that more now than ever before, but the disadvantages is still not enough. They're still, they're well, still you know, enough. we're talking right now about police reform. And they're talking about defunding. So not giving the police so much money. And I think an awful lot of the money that they are given needs to go to community where the community is out there looking after its own with, you know, recognizing if that person needs shelter, needs work, needs this, needs that. If we send in the police, it automatically seems to be a crime. Someone's thrown into jail, the kid's thrown off here. Um, and, and it's just, it's all about almost disposable. You know, that seems to be the police mentality in one way or the other. If we have the police back up the, um, the social workers and the organizations that are out there on the streets working with the people to help them get back on their feet, we would not see so much violence from the police and we would not see so much violence in the streets and we would have communities wanting to participate in their community because it is getting people off the streets. It is getting people working. They are participating in that community. That community is growing stronger because of it. Mm -hmm. So I would love to see so much more pocketing. Like when I grew up in England, you had Mr. Plod, you know, the policeman that was the, the local plodder, the local, local policeman, and you knew everybody's name in that community. Wouldn't it be great to have a Mr. Plodder in certain areas and certain blocks? He knows all the businesses. He knows all the people. He knows what to look out for. He knows who to help. You know, we've just got to look at the system and go, that has not worked for so long. We need to change it and we need to go back to community and more personalization. Mm -hmm. I love that. I've never even heard of that. Uh, you called him a plotter? Yes, we, Mr. Plod was the, you know, the policeman that was the community policeman. So they would just serve that community. And so they knew the shopkeepers, they knew the people, they knew the troublemakers. They didn't carry guns or anything like that. If they needed backup, they called for it. But they were just the local bobby you know, plodding oh, around, so Mr. Plodder. And we need more of that. We need more community police, not bully police, as we're seeing. Shoot first, ask questions later. And we also need more of those organizations with the backup of police in certain areas and, uh, that are needed to go in and try and start shifting things. All this money that goes on war, all this billions and trillions of dollars that goes on war, if you put it in on your communities, invest in your children and the schooling and the, um, the housing and the jobs, what a different society we would have around the world. That is so true. And you know, what I find very interesting is the people who are, uh, who struggled and, and decided to go um, in a very negative fashion in their lives. It's usually the ones that feel like they've never been heard. Right. Right. They're usually yes. the ones that feel like they've never, they've never, not just that not had a voice, but they've never been heard. So if the reality is, is if we had these um, Bobby places, or mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Mr. Bob, Mr. I called him Mr. Plod because they Mr. plod around. They're a Bobby, yeah, policeman yes. Bobby, but Mr. Plod because they're, they're community policemen and they only yes. serve that community. Uh, see, on the had, street, walking yeah. around, plodding around. <laughs> I love it. So, so we had this guy, right? That's that literally knows everybody. That, yeah. that literally has acknowledged these yes. people in the community. Yes. Plus, we also had more money in the systems for the teachers to get to know the students. Yes. Better. Yes. Plus we had more money in the systems to make sure that there's enough housing for everybody. Right. Right. So, if we had enough, if we had all of these things, kind of just where people are being acknowledged and heard. Right. I really genuinely believe that the crime rates would come down, that child, the child pornography industry would massively come down because right. people are being heard. But you know, the prison system is privately owned. I and know, they I have dealings with, with each of their communities, uh, throw them in jail because they'll get paid. Yeah. And they pack them in like sardines and like animals. And so if you treat someone like an animal, they're going to come out like an animal. In many ways, they come out worse than an animal because most animals have more compassion. Right. right? So yeah. how you treat people, how you water the seeds, how you nurture those seeds is how it's going to grow. 
And so if you nurture animosity or fear or disregard or treat someone as just being a loser and a violent and a this person, that is the way they're going to grow. Mm -hmm. So we need to change our verbiage, our approach. Uh, our entire system has to change towards each other and towards everybody that is, you know, that we've also got to look at why have we got so much more mental instability today than ever in history? What yeah. is going on that, that we have so much of that? Is it because those traumas after generations are building up in the psyche and that people are just literally coming into it and just don't know how to cope with it anymore? Right. Well, I also noticed that there's also less, like, I know here in the States, at least, there's less mental institutions for people yes. who are struggling. Um, there's not really a lot of places to go aside from to like a therapist, but not everybody can afford it. Right. Right. Um, so that makes it really difficult. But then there's other people who are trying to, um, to be therapists that aren't like necessarily co uh, um, trained properly right and, and so you know so it's almost like a um, become it's become an issue in my opinion because of the lack of ability to access that help yeah genuinely. And, and we know that institutions immediately is drug them keep them quiet yeah you know uh, put them in their little cell room yeah. dehumanize them yeah right and if you're going to dehumanize someone how can they rise up Exactly. Which is funny because it seems to be like a, a bit of a, um, not funny, but just interesting that it seems to be almost like a, a theme, right? So mm -hmm. you're talking about how we're quieting the people who are having mental right. problems. We're quieting the, um, the prisoners, which again, prisoners should not have certain rights because they've done something wrong. Right. However, however, they should not be quieted and they should have, they should still be treated humanely. Right. Um, uh, we are talking about quieting the children who have been hurt, right? We've talked about how the parents are being quiet, uh, are making everyone be quieted and who's, who's really the ones that are out there speaking right now. Mm. Right. So yeah. we're talking about how everyone's supposed to be quieted and how many, how many people are being, <coughs> um, um, put down and, 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 um, silenced. suppressed. Yes, exactly. Suppressed, yeah. silenced. But who's really out there speaking for the people who actually matter? And the problem right now is I think that we need to, we all need to be stop being silenced. We all need yeah. to be that person that's out there talking. The boiling point is there, like it was with Black Lives, like it was with Me Too movement, like it is with the environment, the boiling, you know, everything is reaching the boiling point. And you know, sadly, it will take something to happen that is so horrific in the news that it will be enough, the straw that broke the camel's back, and then that movement will happen. And, you know, the thing is, I don't want the movement to be pitchforks. Yeah. I want the people that are out there in the movement to understand what's wrong. You need to even understand the Johns uh, that do the prostitution. Where did they come from? Yes, they're doing something wrong. Are they completely throw away? Oh, you know, can they be rehabilitated? Mm -hmm. um, the people I would throw away are the people in high power mm -hmm. that are knowingly allowing this to happen when they're meant to be in a place of trust. Right. And they're meant to be in a place of safety. And those people, I'm not only throw the book at them, I just send them all to Mars. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Delete. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, my tolerance for that is, is not. But, but you know, um, the Harvey Weinsteins, um, I have to say it, the Donald Trumps, all this entitlement, uh, white supremacy entitlement that we're seeing, the reason why it's been there for this last four or five years and so prevalent is because until it was in our face, we didn't know how bad it was. And now we know how bad it is. And you've got people that are in power, that are in um, uh, big positions, uh, talking about, well, if the, uh, if the kid enjoys it, it's not rape, right? Or, or you know, um, so good. yeah, <laughs> you know, it, 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 so many things coming up, you know, fr from these people, uh, especially religious people, mm -hmm. right? Amazing how they can twist that around. And, uh, and as those are the people that I would throw the book at uh, as hard as I possibly could, mm -hmm. because uh, that is purely them protecting their entitlement, and their rights, and they are supposed to know better because mm -hmm. they've been given more opportunity to know better. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, is, this is where we need, we need to get to the sewer, who is behind the sewer and clean it up. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. A hundred percent.
So what can we do? Your organization that you're involved with, um, tell us more about that and how people can be involved with that. Yeah, so, uh, so the Butterfly Element is a, a nonprofit organization that helps women and children on the streets like we talked about. And what we do is we go into the different camps and help the women and children. If they come to us and ask for help, we help them around the United States along with our partnerships. We've made it to where um, some women have been able to get cars, places to live, jobs to have, um, a lot of jobs, um, food to eat, supplies, a lot of those basic necessities that we mm. talked about um, to help those women and children to, to get to new levels. Um, if the women are on drugs, we of course help Help them get re rehabilitated um, to our very best ability as well as those children to be um, taken care of properly. Mm -hmm. So we're trying our hardest to make a difference in the world as much as we can. Um, if you're interested in finding out more information about the Butterfly Element, they are welcome to check out our website. It's the, thebutterflyelement.com. And if you're interested in donating, you're welcome to do that. Everything's a tax write-off. And one of our biggest things right now is that we just really, a lot of people are really in a lot of pain, really yes. hurting. A lot of people are not able to put food on the table, uh, but they still have a place to live. So they're looking for food. So we're helping them with food. Right. Um, there's a lot of people who can't pay their SMUD bill or their electric bill or their um, uh, gas bill right now, but they still have a place to live, but they're just so hurting that we help them with that. So yeah. we're all about how can we be helping those women and children. We also have uh, free coaching opportunities um, for some people too um, uh, under the butterfly element, which is like business coaching, uh, life coaching, like that mm -hmm. kind of stuff too, um, for a few coaching sessions to where those, uh, so people can start getting on their feet again, if they need that extra additional help. Yeah. Wonderful program. And, and, and we really need to see them everywhere, like pocketed everywhere or joining up with other organizations. That's how we're going to do it. It's not pocket here, pocket there. It's the network the spider's web that we need to see everybody who's doing this kind of work join up and support one another. Um, it reminds me of an interview I did of a gentleman who was in an MLM and he started um, training people to be in the MLM in third world countries and, wow. and ended up being people, you know, selling, becoming a, a, a distributor in a country where their only option would be to marry whoever, you know, uh, or not to get an education, but this is a way that's given them liberation to support their own family. So they didn't have to marry who they didn't want to marry, or they could go and afford to get an education. And this is the, th uh, the thing. There was another gentleman that uh, womanity, um, he um, helps women from around the world get that education. So they have options. He also started a radio station in, in um, Saudi Arabia or in other countries, Iraq, etc., for women to speak to oh, women and like he was that. saying to me but there's only 40 percent men listening i said what 40 percent men listening to women's issues and okay. you're and you're i'm complaining about that that's 40 percent men who didn't give a damn about women's issues beforehand now are listening and learning yeah right you true. know so and these are these are men that have stepped up and done this so don't think this is just a woman's job here this yeah. is everybody's job and it doesn't matter how you know what it is you're doing and neither one of them thought they were going to do this but they saw the need yes. and, and and so they created a solution mm -hmm. so you know you may want to you, you haven't got the time to go in and do this and do that but is there something else that you have there is a program called um, freecodecamp.org and it's teaching people how to code and there oh. are a massive amount of jobs out there on coding on all different levels so you can do it at whatever level you need and they will get the person the job and they'll train them free. Wow. So for a lot of people that want to work at home because they have kids, they can learn to do this and work at home and, and have the money coming in. And they created this because with everybody going online, they're desperate for coders. So that's freecodecamp.org. Uh, so there's so many solutions out there that, you know, isn't if you just going down to your local, whatever is, what else can we do to help empower people get back on their feet and provide on their families? And then we look at the emotional uh, side of it. And we look at the, you know, the, the psychological support and everything else. But first, get food in their belly and a roof over their head. Yes, so true. I love it. So there's lots of ways of doing it. And, and, and you know, I love it when people step up and create another avenue for people. And uh, we're seeing this more and more around the world. And I think it's fantastic. And, you know, especially when this book comes out, I'm going to be putting out those various resources for people to turn to. Um, 
because it's important you know a lot of people say i hear you but i'm not near that or i can't do anything other than just support financially well what's in your neighborhood Mm -hmm. what's in your neighborhood that you can do i've got kids of my own i don't have time what can you do with your kids in your neighborhood it's an excellent lesson for your kids to be helping other kids that don't have what your kids have it's right? true absolutely we do that with our kids every um thanksgiving and christmas because um because again, I came from nothing, but my kids have had everything. I mean, everything they could want and more, right? And so we'll we'll intentionally go and see like um, uh, other other families that we know are in need. So we'll have we'll have our kids go buy um, uh, different gifts and stuff for the kids, or food or whatever, and hand it to them, and then make them nice little notes showing mm -hmm. them that they that they matter, you know? Because yes. again, those kids feel like they're not being heard. Right. Um, and that's also why I did uh, with uh, Rotary here in, in uh, Sacramento. We actually do a thing called Shop with a Cop. I don't know if you've heard of that before, no, no. but. So one of the biggest things that for me is um, I was really afraid of officers for a really long time, <laughs> really afraid of them, like really afraid. And so um, I started a, um, a thing with the Rotary, not started, but I've been working on it. Um, it's called Shop with a Cop. And so what it is, is those underprivileged children are um, getting a, a Basically, they get to go out shopping with an officer that's that's a good guy, you know, good good mm, people. Right. Um, and we have forty children come into a uh, a very large, well known store, um, and they're given one hundred and fifty dollars to buy whatever they want to buy, and they have like four hours to go shopping. And it's amazing because those children, even though it's stuff, the reality yeah. is they got an experience. They got to be heard. They got to talk to somebody. And there's been some cases where, you know, those officers found out something about those children that they didn't know beforehand. Right. And, you know, they were able to finally talk to somebody that they thought could actually help them. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you never know what, what's going on. And, yeah. and the reality is, is, you know, even little programs like that can make a huge difference. Yes. Uh, for our communities yeah we've got to understand the ripple effect you know and every little counts it's it's i don't care whether you drop an ounce or drop a, a pound you know it's um it's do something you know, just please don't block your ears and your eyes and say oh no you know it affects my spiritual equilibrium to watch this stuff well you know part of being a spiritual person is embracing everyone Mm -hmm. You know, the broken and the whole and those trying to be whole. And it's, it's also, you can still have anger as, as a spiritual person. It's what you do with that anger. Put it into productivity. Mm -hmm. Put it into solution. Put mm -hmm. it into something that will have a positive effect and that will grow. But just don't sit back and go, la, 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 because we've seen too much of that for too long. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want people to go back and, and listen to your other show, From the Streets to Millionaire, because now you've got to know, how did you get to be a millionaire from the streets? Because <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you share your how and why, what drove you. And so I want people to go back and listen to that. So all they have to do is just put your name in here and selfdiscoverymedia.com and both of your shows will come up. Um, but also on your personal side of thing, on your business side of things, share a bit more about that. Uh, yeah, so um, on the business side, I'm a vice president of an investment firm. I'm also the uh, CEO of a women's empowerment group, the president of the nonprofit we talked about today. I'm also a, a published author of two books, as well as a speaker uh, around the world now and podcaster, radio show host, and um, have a coaching program as well as a consulting firm. Um, so I don't like to She really, you know, <laughs> You know, doesn't do much. <laughs> Very lazy. That's it. Uh, so if anybody wants to ever get a hold of me or wants to talk to me about anything, I'm here for anybody who has any questions, any concerns. I mean, anything. Um, please feel free to contact me. Um, you can go to my website. It's stephaniemears.com. And I'm here 100% for anybody who wants to reach out about any, any of the above. And there's a lot of options to talk about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just spell your name so people who are listening... Uh, uh, oh, of course. It. Yeah, it's um, S T E P H A N I E M E A R S E dot com. So, folks, you know the thing is, very often we've we've, we've got some goodwill about us, but we just simply don't know what to do. Oh, it's so overwhelming. What can I do about it? And there's two eyes you can do about it. One is that empowering yourself 
and being all that you can be, being abundant means that your cup can run over and help someone else. So first and foremost, do something for yourself to empower yourself. Then bring that empowerment to someone else. And sometimes stepping out and empowering other people will empower you. And it will set you on a path that ignites your heart and soul and spirit and puts you on a path of abundance in yourself. But it's don't just sit back. Don't do nothing. We, we Like all these other movements before, we're in the period of step up. It's step up and do something about it. These things do not change on their own. They change when we come together cohesively and compassionately and collaboratively to make a difference. And the difference needs to be made. So may the next movement be all child's lives matter. I love it. Thanks so much for sharing with me again. I'm going to have you back on a round table with a couple of other people who work with kids. Um, it, there's been some wonderful stories. Yeah, um, a foster mum who only fosters boys. Um, that's her specialty. And like she said, she had one who was 16 and never been hugged in his life. Never. And never had his arms around uh, and arms around him. She ended up adopting him. Um, and there's Rob Shear, who was a foster child. And... Um, went on with his uh, gay husband to um, adopt four black children and raise them and uh, wrote a book and started a program called Comfort Cases. The cases that children, foster children carry around with them instead of plastic bags, giving them some dignity, right? Instead of a plastic trash bag. There's so many people doing some wonderful things out there. And it's, it's by coming together, you know, as a chorus, as an orchestra, that we're really going to get that song out there and, and invite other people. So if you've heard the show and you didn't know these facts and you know you really don't quite know how to articulate it to someone else, send the link to someone else and ask them to listen to it, especially if they have kids, because kids at school may know other kids that are in trouble. Do not assume this is just street kids. This is affecting everybody at any station in life. And if you can see something with a kid, reach out to them. Don't go say, well, are you abused? No, it is just reach out to them, let them know that you care, that you're there for them. And, and for that child, that might be the, the only person that's done that. Mm -hmm. So we don't want people to grow up being the dysfunctional adult and having to spend years in therapy or taking it out on themselves or other people. Um, we want to see the pattern change. And the only way we're going to see the change, this reprogramming, is to step up and show we care. And every drop in the ocean counts. So be that drop, right? That's right. That's right. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Look forward to the next time. Thank you so much. Until next time, folks, remember, you are the solution we seek. Please step up. We need you. Until next time, bye for now. We hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows. Please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see the incredible lineup of genres and shows that we have for you. We are here to make a difference in your life. Thank you for listening.